Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN. If you are not familiar with David Hogg, then uh, maybe you haven't been paying attention for the past few years. David Hogg is a gun control activist, but I don't know, David, was it an accidental activist role? Like if you weren't a student survivor of a shooting at your high school, do you think you would be in the position you are now? No, because I, I think I would really just uh, focus on things that I was interested in at the time, like broadcast journalism. I think I probably would have been a, a journalist questioning those in power because that's what I like to do when, you know, before the shooting yeah. uh, was going on my school's TV production team and asking you know, the principal or even our local congressman you know, what I thought were tough questions. I guess you could say I, I kind of saw myself like a really small version of like uh, a wannabe like Mike Wallace. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so David Hogg is with us. And today, David, I was talking with one of my colleagues. He does the midday show here. And I was talking about what what you have endured so far and what you continue to endure, but you persevere. This is a clip of a conversation I had with John Williams, but I wanted you to hear how he was impacted by what you do. I always felt bad for that kid. Not only did he go through that ordeal, he survived, but it obviously changed his life. And every time you saw him on TV, he had a hard face. Mm -hmm. You know, I wondered, does he have a light moment? Is he ever happy or smiling? I'm sure he is, but I've not seen it. And now he's thrust into this life of advocacy because of the circumstances that came to him. I wonder what he would have done or been or how happy he could have been if this didn't happen. Would he have been a plumber or an engineer or a doctor? I don't know what his future held, but clearly the circumstances now shaped his life. And he never seemed happy about it, more happy um, I'm sure he feels um, actualized, like this is meaningful work. The Lord knows it is, but I I, I hope that he's um, a content person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always had that feeling for this poor kid. What a what a crappy thing to have hoisted upon you. And now we know you did have a plan. You were going to be the Gen Z Mike Wallace. And I would imagine seeing Maxwell Frost be elected to Congress had to be a day where your face was filled with a big smile. It was. And, I, you know, I also want to talk on that for a second. You know, I, I think one of the most sinister things that happened after the shooting um, in terms of the way that a lot of the young people who spoke out were treated was, you know, we would have photos taken of us with, you know, a TV producer who said, you kids are really inspiring to me. You know, we take a photo. And what do you naturally do in a photo, right? You smile. Right. Right. But we would have memes made of us that said, you know, this is the face that you make when your classmates have died. Um, and it was just awful. So it felt like we didn't have permission to be happy in the first place. And now it's taken me a lot of time and healing to understand that joy is a part of resistance. It's part of that healing process, no matter what you go through. Um, and seeing Maxwell Frost win as the first member of March for Our Lives to get elected to Congress has been incredibly inspiring. Um, and that's for the reason why we're starting this new organization called Leaders We Deserve. I'm working with Maxwell's campaign manager, um, and we are starting an organization to help elect more young people to our state legislatures, and especially to Congress, because we believe that you know, we need an intergenerational coalition in our government, um, and we need to take inspiration, frankly, from people like Joe Biden, who started when he was 29 years old. 
you know, and the reason he's had such an impact is because he started when he was that young. So he knows everybody. He knows he got that experience early on. And we really want to help elect more young people to state legislatures like Justin Jones, who's on our advisory board, like Maxwell Frost, who's on our advisory board, like um, so many others that understand the anxiety of what it's like to go through a school shooter drill or not know if your planet is going to be inhabitable for your children so that they can get to work and young people can have their faith restored in democracy after four years of Donald Trump, January 6th, and you know, know that there is hope out there. Because it's not just about me. It's about people like Maxwell. It's about people like Justin. And it's about people like the young people that are probably out there uh, listening to this right now or the children that they have. David, I love your generation. I have a 22-year-old. I know you're 23. And I think getting people elected on the state level who are under 30, people on the federal level who are under 35 is our only hope. We need new voices. We need young voices. And that's why I've been trying to get you on the show, because I think that this pack that you put together is cool. And Lauren Underwood, who's, you know, one of our representatives in Illinois, Jan Schakowsky, they're also on your advisory board, right? Yes, they are. They are. And if people are interested in supporting us, you know, we're I'm happy to say that, you know, the vast majority of the support that we've gotten is is all just small dollar people from around the country that give, you know, five or ten dollars a month um, that enable us to really help supercharge the campaigns of these young people who are so underestimated and so doubted a lot of the time. But it's because of those people who donate, especially monthly at Leaders We Deserve dot com, which is the name of our organization, um, that we're able to defy the odds and elect more young people. I think it's important because, as you can see, Congress is aging out. And for some reason, people, once they are in a position of power, never want to give it up. And we have to pay attention to our generation that literally is here to save us. And I love your perseverance because a lot of people do become an accidental activist and they get out there and you're empowered. And look, I'm guilty of it, too. And then life takes over. But you never gave up. And you went to Harvard and you graduated. And now this is your first big venture, Uh, not really not your first venture at all, but (laughs) something on a a national scope. And do you already have candidates who you have chosen that you will support? Yes. So we we have a couple that we've been talking to. One of the challenges we have is, you know, obviously a lot of these younger candidates have they're getting ready to file or announce soon, but haven't just yet. So it's hard to endorse somebody before they've announced their run. Um, but I am happy to announce that uh, just yesterday we made our first public endorsement of Avery Bishop, um, who's running for Texas uh, State House in Dallas. Um, and she's uh, the, the first woman of color to win that beauty pageant, Miss Texas. She's also a legal advocate and a nonprofit leader. Um, and, you know, is so compelling. To, I, I think will be so compelling to so many young people, or I know is already compelling to so many young people that she can help inspire more young people, especially young women, young women of color across the state to, to vote, to run for office and know that their voice is heard and represented because somebody like her hopefully will be elected and it's leading the fight on the inside. Um, and we're, we're going to have plenty of more candidates coming along. But it's important to note, too, most of the effort that we have here is really on states where the worst legislation is coming from. The work that Leaders We Deserve is focused on is really states like Texas, Florida, um, Georgia, North Carolina, and others, where right now they may not flip immediately, but with the right investment uh, in the short term and the long term, we can have a major impact. I kind of see it like investing with time in the market uh, by investing in these young people to help get their campaigns off the ground. And that's what we're trying to do. And anybody who's interested in supporting that, supporting candidates like Avery Bishop and others can go to leaderswedeserve.com. 20% of Americans are in the Gen Z 
generation. How many are in Congress? How many are, well, none in the Senate, but how many in Congress? Do you know? One. And it's March for Our Lives' very own Maxwell Frost, uh, who is on our advisory board. And I'm very happy to have worked on his congressional campaign early on. And you still love all of us baby boomers, right? Of course. Of course. We, I mean, there's a reason that we have people of all generations on our advisory board, because, you know, we believe in the power of young people, but we also believe in the power of, um, you know, we're building an intergenerational coalition. And it's not about saying that we are not against older people in any way, shape or form. We just want to make sure that we have the right representation as a generation, because I think that, you know, if you look back at the at President Biden's generation, you know, go, growing up, going through nuclear uh, drills in school, um, they went on to pass some of the largest arms reduction treaties in human history. And I don't think that it's going to be dissimilar with what kids are going through with school shooter drills right now. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If people want to read more about it, the website is leaderswedeserve.com. Thank you so much. David Hogg on 720 WGN. Steve's News is next. Lisa Dent.